0: Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. I hope you're one of those two things. If you're not, I don't know why you're here. You can stay though. That's fine. I love you all. I'm here today with a very special guest who I'm so excited to introduce you to, Shauna Bryant. Shauna is a breathwork meditation facilitator, a Pilates, and gyrotonic instructor. She's also the founder of the brand spanking new Breath Liberation Society and its associated breathwork facilitator training, which newsflash, registration is open for right now when you are listening to this. If you're listening to it when it comes on live, We'll get to talk more about that, but I'm just going to go ahead and gas that up and say you need to go check that out ASAP. Shauna, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to chat with you. Yay.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I'm totally dancing. Um, since this is a podcast, you should all know. I did a total jig just now. That was Aww, my excitement.
0: A jig? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very sorry we don't have video to share of that. Um, maybe Maybe we can go live together on Instagram and you can show your show your dance off at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm so I um
1: it's funny I'm a Pilates instructor um and I just finished the Gyrotonic method training. And in both of those trainings, I'm surrounded by dancers with these like (laughs) long bodies and pointed toes and grace. And I'm the person who like loves powerlifting and you know was a gymnast (laughs) as a kid. Like I am not a dancer. (laughs) Like and I I, I continuously do activities that show how I'm not a dancer. That said, it is in my heart. It's in my body, and I dance. So yes to jigs on Instagram.
0: I would venture the heart in your heart, in your body is, is what really matters on the dance front. But of I course. hear you on that as somebody else who is also not, <laughs> not a professional dancer and far more on the powerlifting side of things. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. bo- bodies are different. They're different skills. <laughs> so Shauna, tell us a little bit about who are you? What do you do? What is your, what is your work in this world? So I
1: am a Southern Californian living in Washington, D.C.,
0: With the Um, cutest pit bull besides my pit bull. They're both very cute.
1: I am, I am a, if you ever want to see me completely lose it, walk a pit bull puppy down the sidewalk. Like it can be rainy. It can be a thousand degrees outside. I'm like on hands and knees trying to like, you know, love the dog. It's just, it is what it is. Um, Yeah. So I am a proud, proud owner of a rescue pity chihuahua mix. He's basically a um, a pit bull with like, you know, Four-inch legs—it's—it's the cutest thing you've ever seen. Um, Tiger, yeah, Tiger is the best. I teach Pilates. I joke that that's my day job. Um, (laughs) I've been (laughs) teaching—it's—it's a funny day job to have. But um, I've been teaching Pilates since two thousand and seven, and I've been self-employed. Yeah, self-employed since two thousand and eleven. I pretty much like you know we have a similar background. Like I bartended, um, at night, I taught Pilates during the day. Um, when I finally had enough, um, I taught, sorry, I taught Pilates and I also sold lotions at Kiehl's for, (laughs) I worked my butt off and I, um, yeah, I finally had enough, um, enough business to support myself through Pilates. So I quit bartending, quit, quit singing lotions. Um, and then Kind of in the middle of all of that, I would go home to LA, and I I kept seeing breathwork on schedules, and I was like, oh, this is obviously something that's for like lung capacity, and I should I should try it. Um, and at the same time, I started working with a woman who was um, who was guiding me through breathwork. I oddly didn't know that's what it was, um, so you know, breathwork kind of creeped in. Um, and now again, Pilates is my day job, but I probably am at, about a pretty good split right now with um, breathwork and Pilates. Um, yeah.
0: that that's who I am. That's how I spend my time. Yeah. I'm excited about all of it, but mostly about Tiger. I have a dream where Tiger and Bea get to meet and they love each other deeply.
1: Oh my Um, God. That would be so fun. Tiger's a man of the people. So I'm sure he would love Bea when they
0: meet. Like he's really good with other dogs. We're quite proud of that. That's good. Bea mostly loves other dogs, especially if they like her. Like, so Mm -hmm. I think that will be a good, that'll be a good pair. Um, so how did you come to be working in Pilates? uh And yeah, I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm laughing about the lotion thing. I was like, mm-hmm. the number of retail jobs that I have had in the years doing exactly that, and I just am like having flashbacks to selling uh-huh. smelly shit to people. Uh huh.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, um, I have this um <laughs> funny background with like. I mean, I was like selling. I have, I have a, you know, I know all about like clothing. I know all about you know wine. I know a ton about like your skin's elasticity. Um, like, <laughs> I have like a shit ton of knowledge that's really great at cocktail parties and definitely podcasts, but otherwise it just sits in my brain and pops out during commercials, you know, during the nightly news and that's it.
0: So how did you find your way to Pilates and supporting people with, you know, this kind of beautiful integration of like mind body work that you do? So I graduated from
1: undergrad with a broadcast journalism degree in 2004. And uh, for those of you who are unaware, that was about when the, the economy started to slow done a little bit of slowing. Um, so jobs were very hard to get. And I also knew I didn't want to be a broadcast journalist. Um, I just, I knew I didn't want to, I just didn't want to change my major and stay in college any longer. I was ready (laughs) for the world. So being ready for the world, I was living at home (laughs) with my parents. Right. Um, and I, I wanted, I thought I wanted to, um, be a physical therapist because I just, I've never ever in my life thought I would have an office job. It's just not my personality. It's not what makes me happy. So I was like, Oh, you know, I love fitness. Like I'll just be a physical therapist. So I started calling around trying to get a job as a physical therapy assistant because in order to apply for programs you need to have um, some well this is like again this is how long ago but you needed to have some sort of like work experience so I was calling places and I, I wish I knew this woman's name because I, I feel like I definitely owe her flowers or something but I, I got on the phone with this lady who was like okay um this industry is changing if you get Pilates certified or if you get a massage therapy certification I'll hire you. And I was like, all right, what's Pilates, right? <laughs> um, so, I <laughs> so I started taking Pilates at my local gym and I really liked it. Um, and it was, it just felt good on my body. Like I was definitely like a cardio queen at that point. You know, I was just like going to get on the treadmill and, you know, put in a hard 45 minutes. Um, that was my like exercise. So for me to do something that Used my body, that stretched my body, that helped me get a little bit stronger. Like all of the, like you know, poor posture, you know, back pain went away within like two months, and I was like, well, this is amazing. So I signed up for my first Pilates training, and I get to say that I did it in Beverly Hills. Um, Oh, so so oh, fancy, fancy, yeah. I did my first one, and then I um, it's funny, I was opening, I was opening opening stores for Lululemon at the time, um, and I, (laughs) again, these day And I, um my friends were all still in Washington DC I went to undergrad in Washington DC and they were opening a store in the DC area and I was like oh I'll go back to DC and I was you know I was in re- in and out of retail by that point but in the middle of that I just I applied on like random just to teach like some a Pilates mat class at the results gym um and I got hired, which is insane to me because there's, I remember that audition so clearly. Like I was like mixing up the exercises and I was super uncomfortable. And I, I now understand that, and this still goes, is that um, Pilates instructors are super hard to find in Washington, DC. Um, and the lady, I was like, I fucked up that interview. And she was just like, okay, you're hired. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, I brought all my stuff because I had, I had all my things. So I just be like, you know, applied it. And that was my first job. My first Pilates gig. Like I was teaching on Thursday nights at 6. PM for like, you know, $41 an hour. And that was my big deal thing. I got hired. Um, and yeah, kind of grew from there.
0: (laughs) I love like the serendipity of that. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. So When you've like stepped into this work, you've been doing it full time for a while. Um, Well, I I don't, sorry, Pilates is your day job and now half time. What, what really motivates you or what do you find rewarding uh, for yourself or for, for the people you support with these tools? I mean, I guess I'm kind of like, why Pilates? Why breath work? Like, why, why should we, you know, kind of care about caring for ourselves in these ways? So my best why Pilates
1: is um, about one of my super crotchety clients. And that's his word, not mine. Um, <laughs> who was just, you know, comes to Pilates, complains the whole time, whatever, just, you know, has been with me for like, 11 years, comes to Pilates, complains, comes to Pilates, complains. And one day he's like, I just don't see point of this. You know, he's one of those people who just he's going to show up because he thinks he's doing something different. But like Pilates doesn't give you it's not like um, lifting or even running where you have this like really tangible sign of improvement, right? It's not like, whoa, I beat my mile, right? Like I ran faster. Oh, I lifted heavier weights. That's not it. Like, it's just like, maybe you got more mobility. Perhaps you're getting out of bed a little bit easier. Perhaps you're um, able to pick your grandkids up off the floor and not pull a muscle, right? But like, that's not something that you can just mark down and go, oh, this has been successful. Um, So I get a call from my client in the morning. He doesn't call me, he doesn't text. He just, you know, again, crotchety, self-described. Calls me screaming on the phone screaming and I was like oh god like I'm like you know I'm bustle. I'm like I just had my keys I'm like running out of the door I'm like are you okay what do you need and he's like I touched my toes I was like what he's like my toes I touched him and you know what he did he touched his freaking toes that is why I teach Pilates <laughs> because that man <laughs> yeah it was the biggest deal he hadn't touched his toes In his adult life, he was not mobile enough to do it. But for some reason, on accident, he went to reach for something and realized that he was touching his toes and then called me (laughs) to be excited about it, you know? So that's why Pilates and why breathwork breath breathwork because people are stressed out um, because our world is hard. And I think that breathwork is a really phenomenal way at helping people sort out a lot of the life things that happen. And, you know, originally I thought breath work was mainly about just like using your lungs, but with my Pilates clients who are busy and they have, you know, big jobs and big families and stressful lives, like just having them come in and, and not even being like, we're going to do breath work, close your eyes. I didn't do any of that. I was like, okay, just stop moving for a second. Take a couple deep breaths in. And they would do it. They'd roll their eyes. They'd make a comment, but they'd do it. And you could see the immediate effects. Where they immediately were a little bit more calm, right? The parking lot, the the board meeting, all that crap didn't matter as much because they were able to just breathe, like even like three breaths. It's a stunning, stunning how quickly it works for people. And, and that's basically why breath work. Um, it's free. Anyone can breathe. You don't need tools, you don't need a, you know, a big a big spread of spiritual things in order for it to work for you. If you, um, you don't need movement, right? If you can
0: breathe, you can do breath work. And that's, that's what I love about breath work. It sounds like it is such a, and this is something in my experience with Pilates too, at least compared to other, um, other forms of exercise and movement is that these are, are in a lot of ways very accessible modalities, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're able to do Pilates with somebody who doesn't have a lot of mobility. That's actually kind of part of the point, right? And then, and I know there are a lot of like really fun tools, like the reformer and all the wild stuff that you can like kind of skate around on and feel like you're an acrobat, but um, it doesn't have to be that way. And then yeah, breath work, it's like, if you can breathe, you can do it. This is a leading question. (laughs) Is accessibility part of what you're interested in with these modalities and then how you present them to the world? Absolutely. And, you know, I will say
1: that that really became true in 2020 for me um, because I do teach mainly on equipment with Pilates. um, And that's just the way, you know, I've earned, that's the way I've earned a living. You earn more money teaching on the equipment. Um, And when 2020 happened, right, when COVID took over, that was something that I was kind of paralyzed. And it's funny because like my dad checked on me, like, you know, my relatives were like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you can't go to work, right? Everybody was like really cautiously checking in, like, so Aww. what's your, you know? Like, what's the plan, yeah. <laughs> Right? They were trying to kid's glove it, but also everybody was like, so what are you going to do? <laughs> um, and yeah, <laughs> and moving, uh, I moved my entire business online with an email, like, I sent an email. Uh, I am lucky to work, um, in the, I, I teach, um, in a studio here in DC and my boss at that studio, um, I teach like one or two hours a week there. I think, um, she just sent it, she sent us an email and was like, Hey, I'm moving the studio online. Um, get ready. And then sent you know sent everybody else an email studios online now and just moved it over and i was like okay she did it so you know all of my private clients my whole business i just i like like all right type this email and he did it and it i just moved it online um which turned into something that was really like a big opening for me because it became you know now my job is something I can do from anywhere right and, and granted it's COVID so I'm in my apartment but still um, you know it was it was a really big door opener for me and then I was like oh well if I can just teach this from anywhere that frees up my time to be able to like you know help other people I was like maybe I can start putting you know stretches on Instagram so people who are at their desk can have stretches maybe I should start teaching um, like a community class so that people who are anywhere in the country can join my Pilates mat class uh, and, that, and that's been awesome for for creating things that are accessible and for breathwork of course um you know our breath is ours and i and i try and tell people that all the time like our breath is ours like i teach an introduction to breathwork class usually like two or three times a year just so that that's free so people can come in and learn how to create their own practice because it is theirs right it's theirs and and i i don't think we can put paywalls in front of people and their ability to breathe, um, so there is something um, really powerful in teaching people how to create their own practice. Um, I think there is there's definitely an advantage to being guided into breath work by someone, but if that's not on your um, you know if that's not in your your wheelhouse right now, then again you can turn on a song and and do your own breath work.
0: And one of the big shifts for you coming into 2020 and now 2021, it sounds like is really stepping into a leadership role in that community and creating your own training um, to help more people learn how to use this tool. How did you come to develop your own breathwork facilitator training? So small plug
1: for the Holistic Business Academy, which Sarah um, (laughs) runs, I joined it last year and something really interesting, one of the programs that we, one of the like classes you do, you have to write down your priorities or like, who are you being in business? And there's this whole thing where you write down like, you know, what, what characteristics do you want your business to be about? And for me, I kind of just did it for me personally. And it was like compassion and all these things. And I bring this whole story up to say that leadership was weirdly at the top. Right. It was, like, it was really, I, this is why I love that exercise. Um, yeah. You, yeah. It was really juicy. And, and I just, I remember leadership being at the top and I was like, what? I don't, I'm self-employed. I'm a solo entrepreneur. I don't lead. Like, I was like mm-hmm. it was something that was very, I, and I kept that little stack of papers on my desk forever. And so easy segue you know, during, after the death of George Floyd, after the murder of George Floyd, there was a group of us and we, um, in my breathwork lineage, and we just started to talk amongst ourselves. We were like, well, we think it's time for there to be a shift in the conversation around race. We think it's time that, you know, that there are some changes created in our breathwork community we asked the leaders in our community to step up to the plate. We asked them to do anti-racism work. We asked them to start acknowledging systemic racism. We asked them to get trauma informed. We asked them to hire people who were trauma informed to be part of the trainings. Um, and and all of that was acknowledged with with what I feel was was um what I feel was was heartfelt, right? It was heartfelt and I, and I have the I have the advantage of it being a year later. Um, So I will say, um, (laughs) I do believe it was heartfelt from what I've seen from the outside. There there hasn't been a lot of shifting. There hasn't been a lot of adjustments made. But I do believe it was received in a heartfelt manner. But, you know, it just it got really sticky for us. Like uh, the training that the breathwork lineage that I came through, um, that person was very, very um, adamant in a stance of, you know, I don't get into politics and on a mountain in new mexico having like maxed out a credit card to be there and wanting this big experience i was like willing to swallow that but two or three years later i was like no no you no you don't get to stay out of it like this is yeah. baloney right you can't i mean the irony of us showing people how to use their breath for growth while people are literally dying on the sidewalk because they cannot breathe. That's you can't it, I just it boggled my mind um, and I just it, we just couldn't let it go. Um, so long story short, we did end up separating from our breathwork lineage. And somehow in the middle of all of that, people started emailing me like, before even we'd gone public with all of our conversations and all of our efforts, people were emailing hi Shauna. Cause I'd been doing a lot of, like, I just started doing a lot of like free groups online during COVID. I was like, I have a day job, right. That's supporting me hundred percent online. I can, I can lead breath work. I can help people. This can be my gift right now. Um, So people just started emailing me like, where are we supposed to get trained? Where are we supposed to get trained? And I was so uncomfortable with my lineage. that I was like, well, I'm definitely not sending them to that training. Right. Right. I was like, I can't, I'm not sending you to that train. I'm not, I won't refer it. I won't do it. Right. I'm not sending you, but then like, so then what's the answer to that? Like we need more voices in the breathwork community. We need different faces, different life experiences. We need different genders. We need it. We need so many voices. What's, what's the answer if I can't send them to the place I learned. Right. Yeah. So I started to write down like, okay, if I if we did a training, this was my group. My group. I was like, if we created a training, this is what it should look like, right? Like, I, I just came up with this idea and I start writing it down. Um, and it's. I it was. What's um, really ironic is that, like, I think in June of 2020, I bought the. I bought the. I bought the domain that I thought we'd use. We've changed the name, but I bought the domain because I was like, all right, it's ready, you know. And and now a year later. Um, here we are, right? Launching this training. Um, but I think the more I learned about building trainings, the more I, I got angry. I'll admit it. I got, I got, I got fucking mad um, because building trainings, spiritual trainings, are a shit ton of work. It's, it's unbelievable. Sorry, I'm cursing so much. Oh, um, curse away, my friend. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're an unbelievable amount of work. Like, I didn't ever walk into it like, oh, this will be super easy. I never thought that. I, I've always had a cr- ton of respect for people who lead spiritual trainings and who welcome people in and show them ways where they can earn money, show them ways to help people. I've always held that in the highest of regard. But what I didn't expect is to learn how many things were done wrong in the training I took place in. That's what made me angry. I was like, okay, so a lot of this was screwed up, (laughs) right? Like A lot of this was screwed up. And then some of the things that I, you know, again, like I said, very hard to build, but some of them are not difficult to build at all, at all. Hiring people who are trauma-informed to overview your program, not difficult, super easy to find them. They're always happy to help um hiring anti-racism experts to come and talk not difficult there are people that have been doing this work forever as it turns out i'm i'm using air quotes podcast people this is me being sarcastic but like holy moly right um i think there's something really big in being able to say hey this isn't my this isn't my scope This isn't something I'm comfortable with leading the conversation on. I'm going to hire someone to come and lead the conversation and we're all going to lead together. Not doing that is a total cop out and and completely unacceptable. You know, we've got to start forcing people to make better decisions. We can all flex our pockets and force people into making better decisions, force them into being more inclusive, right? Like it's, it it's, it's got to change. This has got to, this has got to, it's, it's change was necessary. So here we are. How about that?
0: Yeah. And do you we to take all of that and put it into building a kind of training that frankly, you wish you'd had? It sounds like one that actually takes these things into account. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing.
1: I love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm under, I've, I've really been doing a lot of personal work around perfectionism and i think you know it's it's easy to be like and then i'm never gonna offend a single person because i've thought of everything and i've really had to just let that go this program is something that i would have wished i could have had um and i and i'm really open to it being a growing changing thing i'm open to it you know to being like oh this was a great idea oh that was not a good idea i think that you know the rigidity is what gets people in trouble Um, their refusal to, to grow and evolve this, this digging in of the heels that we're seeing a lot of right now, Mm -hmm. um, I think is what becomes a really limiting factor in, in growth and in creating something that's really great for everyone.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I appreciate you sharing about the genesis of this program and the, the things that you're taking into account. But yeah, this like this feeling that if we're going to teach or lead that we have to be perfect. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. And then the the next level of that if we don't address that work is this, yes, this digging in of this heels, the unwillingness, frankly, to be wrong or mm-hmm. or to, as you said, to evolve or change or recognize that. I mean, how could any one person possibly think of everything? What an absurd individualist like thing for us to try to carry. Um, And the good news, as you pointed out, is that there's an answer. (laughs) You can work with other people. (laughs) Yes, you can work with
1: other people. And that's exactly what I did. You know, again, as I said, I have such a great respect for the learning that people sign up for in these training programs where I was like, well, I couldn't possibly know everything and I'm not going to. But if I bring in a whole bunch of people that I respect that are really awesome in their field, then we can create something really beautiful and really informative without having to like borrow and steal from other people, right? Um, or without having to just make it up and, and really putting um, people at risk because of our egos. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm talking about your program. Um, so the Holistic Business Program has this has this um this exercise that I found to be really, really impactful. So I contacted Sarah and I said, Hey, I would really like to use this in my program. I didn't just jot it down and then, you know, slap my fucking logo on it and be like, Here's my new thing, y'all. You know, that's it's not hard to to give people credit for their work. It's not difficult to just give credit. Who cares if I didn't make it up? Who cares? Isn't that better
0: to just learn from other people? Oh, I mean, I completely agree. and we have, and Shauna is creating some bonus trainings for HBA right now. Thank you, Shauna. it's like, you know, this, there's so much power in collaboration. That's really where new ideas emerge and new, and like this new visioning of different ways of doing things comes in a community setting. Like that's not an individual responsibility. And I think, nor should it be. And I love how you're approaching this by pulling all these different pieces together. But I think you mentioned something important here, which is is the ego trap. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about kind of about these trainings, I mean, about kind of what you're doing differently, because I think we've kind of bought into this idea that they need to look a certain way because that's what we've seen. And obviously you're challenging that. But I think the reason that people don't want to give credit is because we're afraid that if, if we admit we don't know something, that we're going to like lose a customer, right, or lose some status of some kind, that yeah. ego piece, and that then leads directly to a fear of losing money.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there is definitely an ego piece, and I think it's two part. I think it's how people um, present themselves as teachers, and I think it's how the client approaches the teacher. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of shift both as the yes. teacher, we have to be really okay with being like, I don't know, right? I don't know. You don't know. We'll find out maybe, maybe, and especially in the spiritual world, so many things are unexplained, right? Yes. Um, and that's the second part, the client. You have to understand, like you have to approach it to that. Maybe there's no science behind what's being said. And then that comes down to just gut feeling into your intuition, what you think is true, what you've, what your lived experience is, um, and not expecting the, the, I'm uh, back to my air quotes that I'm got my arms up y'all, um, back to this like guru concept of the all knowing that's not, that's not it either. Right. There's definitely a lot of ego in this. And I think ego is what sells tickets. And I, and I, and I think we have to really start readdressing kind of how we walk into things with trainings, um, rather than going to someone who's all knowing, you could ask yourself, you know, where is this modality from? Does this person acknowledge the lineage or the roots of this modality? instead of someone being all knowing, right? You could say, you know, like, okay, they've been at this for 25 years. What are they doing for the community? Are they philanthropic? Do they offer scholarships, right? Like there, we have, there's some accountability factors. I think that'll really, you'll find people that are humble. You'll find people who are a little less egotistical. Um, And if you start asking questions of people who are all about their ego, you're going to get a lot of nose on these, right? Something that I noticed, and this is, this happened at my Pilates training. This happens in a lot of yoga trainings. I'll speak to those. I can't speak specifically to breath work. I don't know all of those inner workings, but something that I notice that happens a lot um, in the trainings are like the, the assistants, right? People who assist in the trainings, you could always ask, are those people being paid? Uh, it's amazing how often the answer is no. Um, <laughs> Which is really if we are talking about ego and a desperation and a and a clinging to money, you have a lot of people um who are either there because they're, you know, they're they can't that's some sort of work trade. And work trades are fine, right? Like I I do trades all the time with people, but it's like, is it a fair trade? Are the person, you know, is it that I'm Going to go to this training. I'm being allowed into the training to learn and grow, and I'm also going to help set up the table at the afternoon and and help pass out water, whatever, right? Or is it that I'm going to the train to learn and grow, and now I'm pulling twenty hour days where I get up at sunrise and I work like a dog until dinner, and hopefully I observe some of that? That's not yes. a fair trade, yes. right? Um, and then a lot of these trainings, they have it set up where their assistants are more just there for clout, right? The assistants, and you'll hear them say this, like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm, you know, I get to be here. I'm like, are you working for free? It sounds like you're working for free. <laughs> Your emphasis on lucky makes me think that you're not being paid to be here. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's. You know, they're there because that's what that's how the hierarchy is built. And maybe they want to lead trainings of their own. So now they have to put forth free labor for an undisclosed amount of time in order to climb up the ranks so that one day they can also lead a training and, you know, abuse other people. It's really, um, there's, there's the recklessness in this that wouldn't it be allowed in like almost any industry, but because we like throw like, you know, fucking sage on it and wrap it in like a indigenous blanket and, you know, sit underneath the Buddha, we think it's okay to abuse people.
0: It's, it's fucked up. We don't ask the right questions. I am, I'm, I'm having a massive flashback. I worked in In fashion magazines in my, in my youth and Mm -hmm. was an unpaid intern Mm -hmm. and who I got a stipend of, I think $10 a day from Condé Nast. And I worked so many days. I had another job and was in school full-time. I worked so many days. I had to pay taxes on my stipend. And (laughs) I did, I did got a job after that. Uh, they paid me, Oh, I don't remember $26,000 a year. Uh, mm-hmm. New York city to, uh, have this job. And it reminds me so, yeah, I was like, how did I work so much that I'm paying taxes on my $10 a day stipend? Thanks guys. But, um, that, that these is the spiritual, uh, industry it's glamorous. Right. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of these other industries like, like fashion and magazines and publishing in places where, yeah, abuse is normal because you are supposed to feel lucky and grateful that mm-hmm. you are there and that you might get a shot and that the the shine of the, uh, the guru teacher will rub off on you. And that will, we have like our own, like in spiritual circles, our own kind of like trickle down economics of like, if Mm -hmm. I'm close enough to this person, maybe I'll get some of the clients that they can't handle because they are doing something else now. And I think that's exactly what speaks to this. So it's like people like, yeah, I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so lucky to just be Mm -hmm. in the room. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like, that is
1: literally it lucky to be in the room working working so hard right and yeah yeah, lucky to be in the room meanwhile you know if once built these trainings can be lucrative right but again Mm -hmm. they just it's it's the ego it's this this um, inability to create and spread wealth Let's go there. Tell me more, Shauna. You want to go there? Let's Let's do it. (laughs) But that's it. I've worked a lot on my relationship with money. And that is one thing that I have, um, that I've dealt with, with building this program. I I watched so many, we, I, for those of you who are unaware, there was very much kind of like a, a me too coming to Jesus summer for the wellness industry, um, where a lot of bad behavior was exposed. I'll just say that and in the very beginning of building this program the biggest thing I was worried about and this maybe I'm gonna get some eye rolls but I was so worried that I would be successful back with my air quotes and somehow like magically turn into a monster because mm-hmm. it's just it's what's it's what's out there it's what we've watched happen um and I, I and I guess I I don't I don't know Part of me wants to believe the best in people and that they were skipping along, that they were completely normal, and that for some reason, money poured down from the ceiling and they just morphed into this thing. Through a lot of crying on the phone with my friends, we've, <laughs> we've hashed out the idea that money is an amplifier. And just, you know, just like I think uh, somebody, the comparison, they were like, you know, alcohol amplifier. Um, it doesn't change you. It just shows more of who you are. Um, and yeah, so I think if you're not looking at it from a community growth point, um, if you're looking at um, some of these trainings as like just a way to get rich and not to spread money around and not to create learning opportunities for your community, I, I can see, um, and we have great examples of how um, you know the power and ego can really turn people into to, to predators.
0: Yeah, it's it. I I I really appreciate you sharing that because I think I know I felt the same thing where I'm like, oh my god, the more money I have, I'm gonna what? Yeah, I'm gonna turn into a bad person or something. I think the ampl the amplifier notion is so is so on the on point. And I see I see both the the good and bad parts of myself amplified <laughs> when it comes mm-hmm. to these things. But this yeah, this notion that like. You know, these you mentioned earlier. You know, you think that, that ego kind of drives registration for a lot of these trainings, mm-hmm. right? They're very personality driven, very, mm-hmm. very guru driven. Um, that that hope that if we like touch the hem of this person, yeah. we will be transformed. And when we yeah we we pair that with with money and resources and. Often if, you know, I, I see it in two ways, either sometimes there's that, that fear of losing it, that, you know, there's, there's, there's a fear element. Like I'm going to lose this money if I'm not, you know, hoarding or something. Mm-hmm. There's also the other side of the like, I really deserve this money. No. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm amazing. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because I think in spiritual circles, a lot of us need a little bit more of that. We need a little bit more of like, I deserve to be paid for my work. But some people, mm-hmm. some people feel real good about that. They're fine, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. way it is. It has a massive impact on the community when that becomes the, the frankly, only or primary motivator. Now, you and I have talked about that a little bit. A lot of these trainings are extremely expensive. Yep, they are.
1: and They're pricey. Yeah. They're isolating. Sorry to cut you off. No, go for um, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they are. They're pricey. You have to travel. And I was thinking about in my mind i felt like i was being negative but i was i was i heard somebody do this once in a podcast and it makes complete sense you know it's like you travel to this you know to this beautiful mountain and they're like you know read you know there's no cell phone service you're detached from your real world you're you're you know <laughs> you're you're removed from all of your support system right mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you're here having paid a lot of money um you know to to have your life changed yeah there's right. a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. And that's, I think, what ends up happening. And and I think that's why when you read some of these stories and, and I could even go into some of my own, you know, you're like, what the fuck? Why didn't I just walk out of there? But you've paid your money, right? And you've been promised a big, big, giant shift. And you've read all of the reviews that say my life was forever changed and you're ready for it. Right, and you're and you're told repeatedly that like if your life doesn't change, it's because you're being resistant. It's Ooh. because you're not trying Ooh. hard enough. It's because um, you're not being open enough. It's because you're too guarded. So you're like there, right? You spent your money. You're taken away from all the people, <laughs> all your support systems, and you're like, I am gonna have a big experience. I'm gonna like put my walls down. I'm gonna be open, right? And that sh- <laughs> you get like sucker punched. Mm. Right? Because the whole idea is, you know, for these big experiences. And I don't know whether this is intentional or not. I don't even know that people really give this that much thought. And it's not even my idea, actually. um, I'll give this um, for the show notes. But I was speaking um, with a woman named Molly Harris, who runs the Breathe Network, and they do a lot of like trauma informed trainings. And she pointed out that, you know, the whole goal of a lot of these trainings is to create this big shift. So you're like, I'm going to learn yoga. I'm gonna learn breath work. But really you're there. There's this shift, right? And a lot of time is now devoted to the shift, not necessarily learning how to teach others, how to be trauma informed, how to talk about racism, all that shit skipped. Instead, we're talking about your big giant experience. And the experience often has a lot to do with like exposing trauma often often on a very public platform right in front of 60 fucking strangers who are now nodding at you and you know and you're having your big moment and it's this whole thing and then you get rebuilt sort of kind of maybe and then at the end you've had this big experience and you're like oh i had no idea i had all this trauma and like maybe you were maybe you were ready to to uncover that maybe you were maybe ready to address it but maybe you fucking weren't Maybe it wasn't time for you to start, you know, unhashing whatever it is that had overwhelmed or stressed or caused trauma. Maybe that was a forced experience. And so was that, right? Was that healing? You were forced into your your healing experience in front of everyone, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, yeah. you don't think about it because if again, if you just a person sitting in their car walking listening to this podcast, you're like, "Well, that's absurd for somebody to just walk up to you and be like, "Well, what's the worst thing you've ever done in life? Tell it to a bunch of strangers," right? That's like, you'd be like, no, get away from me. But now you have to set the mood. You're away from your family. You haven't slept in three days because you're in a weird bunk bed situation, right? Like you're maybe a little bit hungry. You're exhausted because you've been sitting or moving or whatever for eight hours a day for three days straight. Like it's so easy to be disarmed in these types of environments. And then the person doing the disarming isn't always equipped and or giving proper instruction to care for people it's more just about that big experience and then you're left to put the rest of the shit together when you get home
0: mm-hmm. yeah I am <laughs> have you watched I am not your guru the <sighs> Tony Robbins documentary
1: no I have not you know I just I've is there I have not watched it
0: um I haven't well I'm gonna recommend it to you um I mean, when you're in a mood for something that is challenging Mm -hmm. and upsetting and a very, I think actually a really fantastically nuanced look at the Tony Robbins machine, um, which is what I'm here. Mm -hmm. I love me some nuance, but that's what they do in these trainings that have 3,000, 5,000 people there. They keep an eye out for people with the worst trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, and it's, in this situation, it's kind of um, presented, you know, that they're keeping an eye, you know, that they're keeping an eye on people who might have a challenging experience. Like it's kind of presented Course. as if it's, Course. they're going to support them. And I mean, they do, you can, or at least in the documentary, you see them offering a lot of follow-up support and help and whatever. I definitely wouldn't call Tony Robbins or frankly, a lot of life coaching trauma informed. It has a very different mm-hmm. goal. And I think that's mm-hmm. something to be mindful of. But what happens is that these are the people that Tony calls on to talk oh. in front of 4, are you? Wow. What? Who could and, have seen that coming? Oh, crazy. Right. And right, it's okay. so fascinating to watch Shauna. And I love that you're talking about these smaller things. Cause I think it's easy for us to look at something like Tony Robbins. I don't, I was about to say, I don't mean to pick on him, but I think it's totally fine to pick on Tony Robbins. Um, <laughs> and a lot of these like kind of bigger things where you watch, I, I am a sucker for, for a good cult story. So I'm like, Same. I watch a, a cult documentary. Right. And you're like, wow, that happens over there. And mm-hmm. then you see it in these smaller trainings, in these small communities. And it's the same tactics that are used because it's exactly what you said. I think the training often, whether they admit it or not, is focused on these breakthrough moments, on these big shifts, these big things. And then also we, as people who are desperate and hungry and sad and like feeling the void of Mm -hmm. being alive in this time and so deeply disconnected, we are yearning for that, that the idea that there's a single moment that can change our life and those two forces meet and we end up. Yeah. With, with the, the potential like destruction of, of people. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. (sighs) Oh, right. And then we walk out into the universe, having been trained under these environments to go, you know, to be unleashed to the public. (laughs) (laughs) Right. To go over again.
0: Yeah to go create these same big experiences. I mean, it's I it, so, I I appreciate this conversation on so many levels, but I'm hoping also, you know, for folks listening and like I mean this at least from a place of not, you know, not judgment, but like how many of us have gone to those trainings or these kinds of things and not even realize that that's what happened to us, mm-hmm. and that we started to do it in our own work. And I would notice mm-hmm. it in myself, you know, if I was especially like with, with one-on-one clients or deeper containers, where I would start to almost judge the results people were getting because I wanted them to have that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I gotta push them here. I gotta push them to raise their prices or to do this or that or like, and how you know that becomes how we're gauging success. And I venture Shauna for you with this new program, you probably have some different ways of gauging success than um, forcing, forcing people, forcing people outside their comfort zones. Right. Wow. Um,
1: you know, and that's, and that's just, um, again, not, 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 if you can, if you can climb over your ego and and treat people like humans, the rest is not very difficult. Um, (laughs) how about that? (laughs) Um, yeah. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that there are really simple things that I've learned that you just have to do um kind of throughout trainings, throughout experiences for people. there. I mean simple, like setting the stage, like hey we're gonna be in a four hour training today. If you feel uncomfortable, get up and walk around. If you need to take a break and it's not time to take a break, take a break. If you wanna turn your camera on, turn it on, turn it off, turn it off. If you need added support, there's someone on the line, type into the thing and you'll be escorted into a separate room for additional support. That's not difficult, but it's yeah. not done. Yeah. It is not done. People are, especially like in person. And we we are, you know, in computer land, we do have a little bit more, but in person, you know, you're sitting in this cramped position, trying to stay awake, trying to learn, right? You've paid your money, you're here. Like, it's just, again, these little check-ins with your body where you're like, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm gonna sit here. I have to pee, but I'm gonna wait and wait and wait until it's time for a break. I, you know, my leg's cramping, but it's again, it's these like little check-ins where we're disarming our intuition. We're telling our bodies, we're telling our brains that what we're feeling has to be put to the side because we need to just pay attention. We need to like suck it up. And these constant little decisions that you're you're having people make are 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 terrible for their for their psyche. It's terrible for their self-esteem. It's terrible for their intuition that we're all trying to build, right? It's like we're gonna build intuition. Ignore all the shit in your body right now and listen to what I have to say. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love that such a simple shift. I started doing that in my workshops. And, you know, it almost felt like people were like, yeah, this is this is basic. But I was like, I don't know, we're gonna be here for three hours. Like that, you know, we've so many, we've been trained that we have to ask permission to like go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. like that weird fucking thing in school where it's like you have mm-hmm. to raise your hand and be like, Am I allowed to go to the bathroom? People often need to know that, right? Need to know what the rules are in the space. And if the rule is actually listen to yourself, that that just saying that makes yes. a huge difference because that there's that fear. And like it's like, what if I go to the bathroom and I miss my moment for my big moment? You know? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's really wild um the ways that we reinforce, yeah, that 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 diminishing of of our own intuition, our own felt experience. Um, right. Mm. So I was like, we could literally talk about this forever. Um, I we love kinda. this topic so much, <laughs> but I'd love for us to, um, to wrap up by just hearing a little bit more about your training, where people can learn about it and, uh, what they can expect, which presumably I was a step one, go to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom. Sounds yes, like, yes,
1: please, <laughs> please. You know, that's been such a big thing for me. Um, I realized um I would get really intimidated to go and um, to go to a lot of trainings and stuff just because I didn't I want like I I I don't know, I, I was raised Adventist, if you wanna go down the cult lane. Um Ooh. I just and I, I bring that up to say that I I have trouble focusing. I've yet, I've never been diagnosed with anything, but it's just. Adventists believe in science, but they definitely didn't at my school test you for anything in the 80s. So um, that said, me and learning, I have like a hard time sitting still. So like, I do. I've been, you know, since COVID hit and and really amazing people were forced online, I've been able to be like just voyeuristic and learn all of these great things. But it's because I do half of them walking in circles around my apartment, right? Yes. I'm like linked down, I'm sitting up, I'm standing. Even now, like I was thinking about like um, recording this podcast with you. I was like, shit, is she going to be able to hear if I like move my desk up? You know, if I go to my standing position? (laughs) I was like, is it going to go on the camera? Is it going to go on the thing? Um, But yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Your question was tell you about the training and how it's gonna be different. So I am launching a four month breathwork facilitator training. Um, It is designed to teach you the mechanics of breathing, but also more importantly, teach how to deal with the people who are attached to that breathing um, and all of the lived experiences and the emotions and the trials and tribulations they may be going through, Um, how to recognize it, how to address it, and hopefully how to aid them in those areas. Yeah, you're welcome to sit or stand during the training. It is 100% virtual. It's going to be one weekend a month for four months. Thing I'm most proud of is that I am inviting um, a like a, just lots of fabulous um, breathwork facilitator, energy workers, tarot readers, business coaches um, to come and and give and share their their lived advice. Because the special thing about breathwork is that there hasn't been a ton of like science research done on it. Um, There there haven't been a ton of studies. So really the way to learn how to lead um, has a lot to do with um, kind of sharing our lived experiences, sharing our years of facilitating, um, and, you know, what's been great, what's been, you know, what, what, you know, what's been, what's, what's worked, what lessons we've learned, um, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that.
0: Many um, so lessons, I'm,
1: many <laughs> lessons. And I'm, I'm so excited to be sharing this with people because I think to be able to walk into any breathwork, um, you know, a an environment where you're facilitating with your eyes wide open having learned the best practices having learned um what experiences may occur and and having you know it's it it's impossible to to prepare people for everything but what i really want people to be to feel confident in sharing breathwork with their communities, um, I want people to feel confident um, sharing it with anybody. And I, I I cringe with the word safe, but I guess I would say with um, with their with with their safety in mind. How about that? Because um, we, mm-hmm. we can't guarantee safety either. But um, I guess thoughtful. Where I, I would like to train people to thoughtfully lead breathwork and to show their communities and their clients, um, the wonderful powers that exist within their own breathing.
0: Mm.
1: So, um, hmm? so, and where can people learn more? Yeah. So, um, you can sign up for the training. It is now open. Um, the, Oh goodness! You know what? You're gonna have to actually go through my breath work. Uh, you are have to go through my my Instagram, or my um, <laughs> or my, or my or my website. And my name is um, going to be in the show notes, I'm sure, and I'll link the the sign up page. I will be super honest. I built this. Program And I've been working on it forever and it took me up until like two weeks ago to finally decide on what to call it. Mm. Um, so the program is done. The branding is not. Um, the program is done. The website is not. Um, so- Perfect. <laughs> <'Cause> that- <laughs> you know that I is- love that. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> So as my, I, I I really doubt that um, Breath Liberation Society will be ready, but you will be able to. I'll, I will definitely put the links. Uh, I'll send the links to Sarah so she can add them in. I uh, yeah, will link and it all up are, in the show notes. Yeah. And the training starts. Um, at the end of June, and I, it's gonna be amazing. I'm, I'm so excited to learn, um, to get to know everyone, to kind of see what they're up to, to see how they make breathwork their own. I, I think it's gonna be really a beautiful thing for me to witness on my end.
0: Shauna, thank you so much for sharing with us. And yes, we'll link all of it up in the show notes or you can go check out Shauna on Instagram. Are you at, at Shauna Bryant? Is that right? I am creatively named.
1: That is. I love me. it.
0: No, that's <laughs> the, it's the best. It's so much easier to remember. You're just like the easier name. <laughs> to find. It's just my name.
1: Yeah. And I'm going to do, um, I will have a, um, information session. I'll definitely do a couple Instagram lives. Um, yeah, there, there will be lots of information pouring out and, uh, I'm trying to, I'm working on my calendar right now. So by the time this show airs, I'll have a bunch of breathwork opportunities too. Just, you know, in case you want to try before you buy, in case you're like, you know, <laughs> she, she curses a lot. I don't know if I can do breathwork with her. You know, you, could, <laughs> you should maybe maybe come check out a class um, and, and see what you like. But I think the really benefit of this is that I plan on um, having quite a few people lead. So it won't just be my voice. There will be um, different facilitators leading breathwork um, just so that people can really get a, a well-rounded experience Experience because how we lead breath work or how we facilitate breath work is so intuitive and it does have so much to do with kind of our whole life and reflection. So, you know, I think it would be a disservice for people to just hear me, right? Um, there are so many other amazing
0: people out there. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. Oh, I love this. And Shauna, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and to talk about your experience and your, I mean, frankly, the changes that you're bringing to this this weird industry that we work in. yeah it's time it's really it's really fucking time and it's time i love you know you said something really smart earlier which hopefully other people will remember better than i did because i was trying to pay attention to the conversation and not keep track of your quotables but you talked about like treating the people like humans and Mm -hmm. um i um i'm really glad that we got to talk about that today and about some of the different ways that you and i have both experienced you know being trained and and being uh Uh, conditioned to, to not Mm -hmm. do that. And, Mm -hmm. and the kind of the questioning and what becomes possible when we we do strip back the layers of of fear and ego (laughs) and begin to, to actually like view our work through the lens of remembering that we're working with like actual real fucking people.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Treating people with the same care we're teaching them to treat others with.
0: Shauna, thank you so much for your time today. You're fucking brilliant. I love your cursing and I love you and I love your dog. And I'm so glad that we got to connect today and um, have such a deep conversation about like, yeah, about like the realities of of these training programs and, and you know, what you're doing differently, which is just so fucking exciting. Thank yes. you for your time. Of course, you're welcome. Thanks for having me here. I'm a big fan of the show. So this is a, a, a real big deal for me. Aww. you can't see me, but I am blushing. So I will tell everyone at home um, that I am blushing. Thank you, Shauna, for your (laughs) words. And we'll link up all of Shauna's info in the show notes. Y'all, if you're interested in breath work. This is, this is the place to fucking go. <laughs> Though Shauna's right. If you don't like cursing, I, maybe not. But remember, if you're listening to this show, you're probably okay with cursing. So I think, I think you're probably are, all right. They're probably <laughs> all right with it. <laughs> um, and yeah, make sure you go and check out Shauna over on Instagram, check out the training, and then let us know, you know, what from this really struck you? Is there anything that was like a big takeaway from you? Shauna, I'm going to go ahead and offer up your DMs. Sorry, I did not ask your permission. Totally send, us, fine. send us a message. Send us a DM. Um, post a picture of the this episode in your stories and, uh, or post a picture of your favorite pit bull. Tell us what you learned and tag us. Oh my us. God, yes. That, that would yes. be great. Yes. Yes. Okay. Do it. Please do it. That's the <laughs> best idea. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So pick the pit bull who is the best and best matches your key takeaway and mm-hmm. tag us. We will, we'll, we'll, we'll really look forward to hearing what you learned from this. Um, thank yeah. you everyone listening. Thank you so much, Shauna. <sighs> and I will see you all next week. Bye for now.